Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we will hear from our lead pastor, Dave Carroll, as he brings a message from Mark 16 entitled, Champion, Victory in Life. Let's join in now. Church is about, we are a different refreshing church that want to help people far from God come alive in Christ. We believe that there is life in Christ today. And so um, one of the things that we do around here is uh, we look in God's word and it's it's okay to bring your Bible, and we're gonna, uh, right now we have some guys coming down the aisles, and they're going to pass out. Just hold your hand up. It is not an embarrassing thing around Elevation Church to ask for a Bible. So if you need to, I'll raise my hand for you right there uh, so that you feel comfortable. It's okay. We, we believe uh, that God's Word is powerful, and it's worth cracking open. Uh, it's worth a look for yourself. And so when you get that Bible, if you would turn to Mark chapter 16, If you turn to Mark chapter 16, we're actually going to read uh, verses 1 through 14. And so uh, it's going to be exciting. I tell you what, in case you haven't caught this yet, this is our very first official day. Look around. I I tell you what, I stand up here and I'm blown away. Okay, it's it's, uh, it's just amazing what God is doing. And uh, we invite you to be a part of it. Everyone here is welcome to be a part. Um, Now, I have a warning for you today. Um, Today... We're going we're gonna to look at some, some heady matters, we're going to look at some heart matters, and then we're going to look at some personal response matters. And so when we get to the heady matters, it's, it may give your brain a workout. Just turn to your neighbor right now and say, it's okay for the mental workout. Just turn and say it. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of like, uh, I remember when I was in college, uh, one summer, my, my wife and I started dating, and then uh, we were apart for one summer, she went to Africa, and I was in Florida, and uh, I gained about 40 pounds, and then in my senior year, yeah, I was twice the man she started dating when she returned. <clears throat> uh, but uh, when, she came, when she came back, uh, we went back to college to finish the senior year, and I joined in health and fitness. Uh, note to self, health and fitness would have been a much better class to take my freshman year and not my senior year. And I remember uh, the, the uh, PE teacher, whoever in college, you know, said, hey, we're going to do a five-mile run. You don't have to run it. Well, me being the, you know, the I-can-do-it person that I am, uh, I set out, and I wanted to run, like physically move my legs fast all five miles. And I did, and I paid for it <laughs> the next day. Well, you know, you're, you may get that kind of workout uh, as we look at the Scripture today mentally, especially in the first part of the message, but it's okay. This may be, uh, some of these things may be the first time you've heard them. And if they are, just let it be the first time. And it's like most things uh, in Scripture. Sometimes you've got to hear it once, twice, three times before you get it. So uh, everybody... Uh, look at Mark chapter 16. It is not on the screen. It is in your Bible. So um, if you need to look on next to somebody, that's okay. Do it. Like I said, it's okay around this place uh, to look in a Bible or to kind of nudge somebody and say, hey, can I see that? Mark chapter 16, uh, verses 1 through 14. This is the Easter story. Now, when the Sabbath passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, And Salome brought spices that they may come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But then they looked up. They saw that the stone had been rolled away, and it was what? Very large. Verse 5, and entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. I mean, if you thought about this, you know, you're looking at the, 
the, the young man, you're going, is that you? Did you move that stone? <laughs> you know, whoa, what happened here? Uh, but he said to them in verse 6, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. And here is the greatest story ever told, who was crucified, but let's say it together. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Verse 8, so they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Verse 9 says, now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. Jesus changes lives, doesn't he? Verse 10, she went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept, and they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, but they didn't believe. After that, the people close to him didn't believe, but after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country, and they went and told it to the rest, but guess what? The rest didn't believe either. Verse 14, this is where we stop for the day. Later, he appeared to the eleven, that's the disciples, as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Let's go to the Lord together. <clears throat> Dear Jesus, Lord, even more than a church launch, even more than the first day, this day is important because we're celebrating a day that will echo throughout all eternity, both ways, before the event and after the event. And God, we thank you so much that, that you rose from the dead, that you defeated death, that, that death was swallowed up in victory, that the law was satisfied. God, we thank you that there is hope in this life today. We thank you no matter what we go through, Lord, no matter how bad we've messed our lives up, your resurrection screams out that, that we can have life in you. And so, God, we thank you so much for that today. And we ask that as we study your word, Lord, that you would, you would speak to our hearts by your spirit. God, that today would not just be another Easter Sunday, but it would be a day where we're refreshed and we're renewed. And, and we feel like we, we, we've seen your word and we've encountered your presence. God, we, we desperately ask for your presence, not just during the song time where we expend emotion along with what we know, but God, also during your word that we would be passionate about how you want to speak to us today. God, we thank you for the Easter story here in the Gospels and, and how you were crucified and you were dead, but because you're God, you're bigger than death, and you defeated death and victory, and now you are raised in life. And we thank you, and we worship you, and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. <laughs> amen. Now, here's the deal. Um, today is the last part of our, our series uh, of champion. We've been looking at the ways Jesus was a champion uh, through the Passion Week, you know, through the trials when he prayed in the garden. Last week, we looked at how he's, he was victorious in death. Uh, and today, we get to look at how he was victorious in life. Praise God that he was victorious in life. And so I want to give you um, three reasons why Jesus is the champion in life. And I'm going to break a rule. Can I break a rule? You know, like a preaching rule? 
I'm going to give you, the, since they're all R's and you're going to spend the whole message guessing, guess, trying to guess them anyway, I'm going to give you the three R's. So if you would, turn to the back of your program if you're taking notes. And uh, there's, sort of, there's a pen like on every other seat, so you're able to do this. I'm going to give you all three of the first headings. How does that sound? Is that a good deal? Um, are, are pastors allowed to do that? Are we allowed to give? Okay, here we go. Number one, write this down. The resurrection is reliable. The resurrection is reliable. Now, if you skip down uh, to the second one, the resurrection is radical. Just go ahead and write down radical. R-A-D-I-C-A-L. Sounds like a word from the 80s, from the root word rad, right? And so, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I just made that up. Okay, um, don't, don't go home and write that on your test, high school, or you may not pass. Uh, the, and then here's the third one. The resurrection is receivable is receivable, and it's I before E except after C, okay? The resurrection is receivable. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to flip around a little bit. So if you, got, if you have your Bible, um, kind of keep a finger in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, and uh, you may, you're definitely going to want to turn to Daniel chapter 9. So keep a thumb on both of those. And so here are the ways that the resurrection of Jesus is reliable. You may be here today because uh, a friend drug you, or your wife drug you, or your husband drug you, or your kids drug you. I don't know uh, why you're here today. But, and, you, and you may go, be saying, well, you know what, I'll, fine, I'll go to church on the biggest day of church of the year. Uh, but I want to I talk to you today a little bit about why the resurrection is reliable. We're not just a bunch of goofs sitting in a room worshiping a God that doesn't exist. The Bible is incredible, and the more you study it, the more you get amazed at how the dots connect. I mean, these are dots that connect in ways that no one can conjure up, no one can dream, and, and we know that the resurrection of Jesus is true. If you believe that, say amen today. Amen. The resurrection of Jesus is true. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, here's one of the ways we know it's true, and this is a blank right there under reliable. It is reliable socially. The resurrection is reliable socially. And, and in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 through 8, uh, we see that over 500 people saw Jesus alive. Okay, now let's read this, and then we'll talk about this for a second. Here's what it says, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 8. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over how many? Five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. That means they died by the time of the writing of 1 Corinthians. It says, after that, he was seen by James, and then by all the apostles. And then last of all, this was a miraculous appearing. Paul uh, didn't know Jesus right there while he was on the earth. But uh, Jesus appeared to Paul. It says, then, last of all, he was seen by me uh, as one born out of due time. And if you haven't ever um, uh, seen that story of Paul, Google uh, testimony of Paul in Acts. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's awesome. But 500 people, that's a lot of people. You know, yesterday, uh, as a church launch, we felt inundated, <laughs> okay, with a lot of people. And uh, there were about 50 or 60 people serving yesterday, okay? Now, if those 50 or 60 people got together and said, hey, let's write, or let's even take the Billings Gazette. That's one guy that showed up. And he wrote an article and said they had an Easter egg hunt. Do you believe that? Yes, you do. 
Of course you do. Uh, it gets even crazier in this day and age where uh, we have this thing called uh, Facebook and we have YouTube and we have phones that capture everything. As a matter of fact, I'm sure some of you probably like videotaped me worshiping and now you're going to throw it on YouTube and make fun of me or something. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we have, the, we have this thing called video, uh, YouTube and I saw this... Uh, this, this uh, very questionable video pop up on Yahoo News about uh, people who were just kind of toying with a great white shark next to their boat uh, in, in, in the waters in the ocean. And uh, everybody got on and went, oh, this is so crazy. And then one guy went, um, that's one guy with a camera. Are you sure that was a real video, you know, questioning it? And, and we'll believe just about anything from any one person who puts it on the Internet, all-knowing Google, right? If you don't know, just ask Google, and they will tell you. Um, but here's five hundred plus people that saw the resurrection of Christ. Socially speaking, this uh, resurrection of Jesus is completely legitimate. Do you get that? It's legitimate. This wasn't a story one guy made up. This was a massive movement of people that saw the resurrected Christ. This was a guy hanging on the cross, D-E-A-D, dead. And yet, there were people who you could pinch, and they would say, ouch, and they were normal. And they, they looked and went, this is hard to believe, but here's the deal. The Easter egg hunt really happened. <laughs> no, Jesus is alive. The resurrection is reliable socially. Now, this is where, uh, remember that um, I told you when I gained 40 pounds and ran five miles? Well, and I, I, heard, I don't think I could walk for three days after. This next part right here, turn to Daniel chapter 9. Um, this is going to stretch your brain a little bit if you haven't heard this, and that's okay because we are here to uh, learn the Bible. And I'll tell you what, if you Google uh, Daniel chapter 9, 70 weeks, 70 weeks, your mind literally will explode. And you'll look at the Bible a little bit different, and you'll begin to say, wow, maybe I should start realigning my life to look more like Jesus because here's the truth. Um, this, thing is, this thing is real. It's not going away. So in Daniel chapter 9, check this out. I'm going to give you a very simple explanation because the message isn't about this. <clears throat> but in verse 24, I know I put 25 in your program, but start at Daniel chapter 9 and verse 24. Listen to this prophecy. This is a guy um, right about 530 B.C. Um, for you math people, if 0 A.D. is 0, um, that means it's 530 years behind uh, the birth of Christ. Here is a guy writing this prophecy. You ready for this? Seventy weeks are determined for your, for your people and your holy city. Now, uh, 70 weeks are a period of 77-year periods. So for you math wizards, 7 times 7 is 49, and then you add a zero. That's a total of how many years? 490 years. This is what Daniel's talking about. He said, so for 400, 490 years are determined for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, you're getting ready? What does this sound like? Jesus on the cross. To finish the trans transgression, to make an end of sin, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring what kind of righteousness? Everlasting, eternal righteousness. To seal up vision and prophecy. That means it's, gonna, it's not going to need it. And to anoint the most holy, Jesus. Verse 25, check this out. Now therefore, and understand that from the going forth, the command to restore and build Jerusalem. This was around 530. You had the temple destroyed in 586 B.C. That's, we're, we're way back. Remember I told you your mind is going to hurt, right? Turn to your neighbor and go, it's hurting right now, okay? So 530, 
uh, years before, he said, there's going to be a time where a command is built to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. You ready? This is so cool. And it says to restore and build until the Messiah, the prince, there shall be seven weeks, which we know seven times seven is what? 49. That's 49 years. In 62 weeks, I won't make you do the math because you can't count it by touchdowns. So uh, 62 times 7, right? Um, The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, the Messiah, Jesus, will be cut off. That's the death. After, basically, after 7 plus 62, that's 69 weeks, he prophesied Jesus would die, not for himself, um, and for the people of the prince who is to come, uh, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war. Desolations are determined. Now, let's stop there. He said 69 weeks. Uh, Miriam, if you could put this up on the screen, because I want you to understand this. Everybody look here. Essentially, this is what this prophecy was saying in 530 BC. You ready? This is going to blow your mind. If you're, if you're here today, and maybe you're an atheist, or maybe you're going, hey, I, I don't know. Can I believe this thing? It, this is crazy. Check this out. What he was basically saying is that it would be 483 years, or let's read it together, 173,880 days. And from the time that there would be a command to put a new temple up in Jerusalem to the time that Jesus died on the cross. Now, there's two or three different viewpoints, but I'm going to give you mine. All right? Essentially, this is what he was saying. King Artaxerxes issued a decree on March 14th, 445 B.C., to, re, to rebuild the temple. He issued that decree, uh, the, the prophecy in Daniel. And guess what happened on April 6, 32 AD? Jesus came in to uh, the city of Jerusalem riding on a donkey with palm trees. And, and you want to know what? Guess how many days that was? 173,880. You know how many years that was? 483 years. This dude in 500 and something BC prophesied that Jesus would be crucified that very weekend. I don't know what's going on tomorrow, you know? I don't even know what I'm going to eat tonight, okay? And, and, you know, my wife has told me five times. And and here is Daniel the prophet. (laughs) Here's Daniel the prophet, 600, uh, just under 600 years, saying what's going to happen. Is your mind blown? This guy prophesied it to the T, to the second, because it said after 69 weeks, what's going to happen? The Messiah will be cut off. So he basically said he's going to come into the city. That's the end of the 69 weeks or the 483 years in the prophecy of Daniel. And then Jesus, what happened? He died on the cross. Whoa, whoa, this is nuts. The Bible is is reliable. The resurrection is reliable, not only socially, but here's your second blank, historically. It's it's there. You you look at the Bible and people go, this thing isn't true. Man, tell me how anyone could pinpoint it like that. Just, it has to be God, doesn't it? It has to be God. It is so amazing. And so, um, and then look at this. And here's, here's a little thing. This was talking about his first coming. Look at Daniel 9, verse 27. Are you interested in the Bible today? Isn't this crazy? It says, then he will confirm a covenant with many for one week. That's the Antichrist. So there's a 70th week hanging out there. But in the middle of the week, he will bring it to an end. An end of sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined and it's poured out. You know, what this is, you know what this is talking about? There's one week that's missing. You ready for this? There's one week that's missing. 
between week 69 and we are not not uh, that's missing but that hasn't happened yet between week 69 and week 70 and, and and here's the deal you know what that is it's the return of Jesus we're here today to celebrate how Jesus rose on his first coming but here's the news for you person in Billings this is for you family member for you dad here's the deal Jesus is coming back he's coming back and we are going to have to answer to him and when he comes back there's only going to be one way that you can come to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ, through faith in him. And so while you're here celebrating the first coming, this prophecy tells us that while we know that it's reliable historically and it's amazing how it matches the day, guess what? He's coming back, but he's coming again, and we got to be ready. You got that? we got to be ready. Here's the third way that the resurrection is reliable. And uh, you don't have to turn there, but in Exodus 25, verse 17, 18, uh, here's your blank. Uh, the resurrection is reliable spiritually. Spiritually. Um, here's, how, here's how people used to be forgiven of sins. Doesn't everybody kind of have this inward longing just to be forgiven? You know? At the end of the day, you're like, man, you look back in your life and you go, I have messed this up pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, and I need forgiveness. Well, here's how it used to happen way back at 1400 years BC. They, they built this box and they put the Ten Commandments. You know those things? Hey, I always laugh at. Um, Mel Brooks, um, History of the World. Remember when Moses says, uh, I have these 20, and then it breaks, and he goes, 10 commandments, you know? And uh, uh, so I don't know. That always pops in my head when I talk about 10 commandments. You have to put it with my randomness. But here's what happened. Um, we're not going to turn here, but you have it in your notes that you can look later. Um, on top of this box sat what was called the mercy seat. And we know that the blood of Jesus is the forgiveness of our sins. We're saved only by his blood on the cross. That is the only way. Well, the priest used to go in and sprinkle blood on this thing called a mercy seat. And you ready for this? There were two angels when they built this. This is 1400 BC um, that Moses wrote about this, and it happened even before that. There were two angels, and there was an empty seat, and they would sprinkle blood on the empty seat, and that, that would be representative of how people were forgiven. Well, guess what? And uh, there, there it is in your notes. In Luke 24:4. Um, remember Mary's, the both Mary's run in and, and they, they see the stone rolled away and they're going, oh, this is crazy. You know what picture they saw? You ready for this spiritually? They saw two angels sitting there with clothes on the ground. And was Jesus there? No, he wasn't. And so the picture of the mercy seat that was 1400 years before was right there at the empty tomb. Folks, you cannot make this up. Are you tracking with me? You, you, you can't make it up. And so as we move on, all right, everybody, turn to your neighbor and go, that's over, okay? The mental exercise is done. The mental exercise is done. But I want you to know how reliable the resurrection is. Now we're going to get to some heart stuff. You ready to leave the head and go to the heart? Here, here it is. The resurrection is radical. In 1 Corinthians 15, uh, I told you to keep a thumb there. If you have a thumb, turn. If not, you could just listen. Uh, verse 54 through 58, this is what radical looks like. This is what Paul said. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has, has put on immortal, then shall he be brought to pass saying that it is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And we sang this today, 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? This 1 Corinthians 15, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But check this out. Thanks be to God. And this is why Jesus is our champion in victory. Thanks be to God who gives us, say it together, the victory. Let's say it together. The victory through 
our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, if, you've only, if the resurrection is something that only sticks on your head and you go, okay, I believe the resurrection. Dave, you, you know what? You showed me the Bible. I get it. Yep, I got it. And it never radically changes your heart and your life. Your life does not conform to, to God and you don't receive that joy and, and, and stuff doesn't begin to change. You know what? You may have missed God by about this much, right? The old adage, missing God by 12 inches between your head and your heart, has to consume it all. And you know what? I would love to preach to you some more about Radical and try to convince you, but I want, I want everybody to welcome uh, Donnie Zier, um, if we could. Um, Donnie is here to talk to us about a radical life story. A radical life story. Uh, Donnie, how are you doing, man? It's I'm good to see you. Well. You know, public, he told me public speaking is his favorite, you know, even before he did this. Um, Donnie has a story of radical life change. And so, uh, Donnie, I just want to ask you a few, a few questions about how the resurrection of Jesus has impacted your life and uh, what Jesus means to you. But first, before we get there, tell us about your life before you came to faith in Christ. Just, uh, and make sure to, to eat that mic for us. Hello. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, my life was very horrible. I was always listening to stupid music and uh, meeting other people from different cities with the same view, wearing the same colors, uh, doing secret handshakes, knowing s- like s- some kind of secret stuff. So does this mean you were in a gang? Yeah, I was in a gang. Um, and you know, like it was all—that's what I was all about back then. Like I didn't care about anything, not my family, not my brothers, not my parents. Um, I kind of cared about God, but then towards my, like, total wickedness, uh, when I finally got put in prison and then got put in prison now, inside now of a why prison. Now, why did you get put in prison? Uh, assaulting a peace officer, getting... Okay. Yeah. And, uh, hey, can, can we uh, share uh, the picture of, uh, uh, oh, it's a little hard to, hard to see, but this was him with uh, his friends and his gang. Um, these were the best pictures we could get, but... Um, um, check this out, and then if we could see the next picture too. Um, this is a picture, and it's a little blurry, but um, basically, this is Donnie in jail. Those are uh, prison bars that you see right there. Uh, that he's he's staying there now. Tell us, you went to prison, but then what happened to you in prison? Well, um, first I became pretty bitter, like you know, um, like I asked for um, the preacher to pre uh, to um, pray for me for my protection. But then I started doing other things, going into Native American spirituality. Then I went totally away. Then once I got put into the shoe, the security housing unit in Deer Lodge, Montana, um, I, I really, then I was just against everybody. I was and, against. And didn't, didn't you get put in the, the, the maximum security prison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, so as you can tell, uh, Donnie, uh, he was headed the wrong way. Okay, can we all agree that? Donnie, you would agree, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Donnie, talk to us about um, just the point that you came to Jesus Christ. And uh, just kind of talk to us about that. Well, it was, it was mal day. It was just like any kind of other, other prison day, you know, workouts, uh, breakfast, uh, crunches, sit-ups, all that stuff. Um, 
being mad at God, being uh, mad at, at Satan too, like I was an enemy of both, but let the, did I know if you're an enemy of God, then you're a friend of Satan, which I did not know that. Once I started reading the Bible a little bit, which was from a letter given to me from my friend that was in... Um, so you, you had a friend introduce you to Christ. Yes, in, in a federal uh, penitentiary, uh, ISP. It's one of the, it's, it's very high security too. And he got put in there when he was 21 for triple life sentence for a horrible thing. But, uh, yeah. So, so your, your friend um, introduced you to Christ. Now, now talk to us. What is your life like now? What has changed? I mean, you've just done a great job describing for us what life was like. We get the picture. Yeah. But what's, who, are, who is Donnie Zier now because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Well, when, when, when I started to know that my life was horrible and I was just one step away from death row, and I just said, God, please take all this away from me. Take away all of my sin. Please forgive me for all the hurts I've, I've hurted people. Um, I felt like uh, less than human um i just didn't have any any it, i had to learn how to love again and and god taught me how to love um i got down on my hands and knees i gave my total life and heart to christ and it's been good ever since i got a good job i'm out of prison um, I lost a lot of friends, and some friends that are by, I still pray for them, and they just have little addictions, but, you know, in time, hopefully, they come, they they get over it. I mean, if a person like me can get over something like that, then, hey, anyone can get over cigarettes, drugs, <laughs> alcohol, Amen. whatever, you know, what have you, so... Yeah. And uh, you told me that even down to you said even your language has begun to change. Uh, you said it's that the, the change has been that radical, that it's even taking you not, uh, from the big stuff, but even the little stuff. God has begun to change you, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to cuss like a sailor. Now I don't cuss. Are there any sailors in any. Montana? <laughs> oh, my brother, he's in the Navy. He's a <laughs> stepbrother. So you got me. You got he's, me. He's good, yeah. but... Uh, um, also, though, like, uh, I bump my Christian rap music, Christian contemporary music, you know, I bump it as loud as I can. Uh, some, sometime I'll get better speakers, a system for my car, and then I'll really be bumping, but right now I just got what came with the vehicle. But, um, yeah, and, um, I like to witness, I'm, I'm real quiet, kind of, you know, um, I'm I'm a people person, but then again, like I'm not like out, not as outgoing as the elevation staff. They're just <laughs> excellent going out there and introducing themselves, making people feel at home and happy and everything. And I just I just love these guys, man. Uh, first ones I met was uh, Glenn and Miriam. They were uh, greeters over at Emmanuel Baptist Church. That's where I'm a member at. And, uh, and that, by the way, is our sponsoring church, uh, and which I probably I was going to mention after, but now you beat me to it. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so, yeah, well, awesome group of people, man. Well, Donnie, we want to say thank you for coming up and being willing to share your testimony. Wait, can you thank, can you join me in thanking Donnie? Thanks, Donnie, thank you so much for sharing. And I, ho- I hope today uh, that, you know, even though we went through the heady stuff, now you hit the heart stuff. I want you to know this. This is why Jesus is the champion of life. He's champion in life because he can radically change your life. You may think that life is so messed up that you've gone so far, so fast, and, and you're looking up going, man, what could God possibly do? Well, I want you to know that if he, if he can, can, t- can take a guy who's in maximum security prison, and I can tell you, I've known, we've known Donnie for several months now. This isn't just a guy that just it happened yesterday and he's not legit and you're going to see him somewhere else. Jesus has radically changed his life. And here's the truth of Easter. He can radically change whose life? Your life and my life. He can do it. And so what, let's move to the third, uh, the third and final deal. And, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close off with this. The resurrection is receivable. Uh, this is up on the screen. It's, it's John 1 verse 12. Um, and here's what it says. I would like us to read it together. You know what? Yeah, the resurrection's reliable. Yeah, the resurrection is radical, but here's the deal. All of us are able to live in the power of Jesus' resurrection. Isn't that a great truth today? That every single person, uh, it is available to you if you'll walk across the line and place your faith in Jesus, repent of your sins, and turn to him and give him everything. This is what the Bible says to him. Let's read it together. One, two, three. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, the resurrection is available for you today. In just a second, we're going to give a chance uh, for you to respond to Jesus, for, for you to, to, to say, you know what? You know, maybe I've been here today simply to celebrate his first coming, but it never occurred to me that there was a whole other one coming, you know, with the 70-week deal. Or, and you oh, I have to answer to this. Or maybe you came today and you thought, wow. I don't realize so many people saw it. Or maybe you, you saw Donnie up here and you, and you say, wow, you know what? I didn't realize that Jesus Christ is that powerful. To, it's that powerful to have a living, active relationship with him. And so um, in just a minute, we're going to give you a chance to respond. And so right now, I'd ask that every head be bowed, uh, every eye closed this Easter Sunday. And uh, it, it, in just a minute, uh, with your head bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to explain this to you. We're going to take some time to spend just between you and God. And uh, on your connection card, everybody got one in their program. We're going to ask you to record your decision. Here's decision number one. Just between you and God, think about this. Today, maybe you've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time where it makes sense. And today you want to place your faith in Christ. You can right there in your, in your chair talk to him and say, God, I repent of my sins. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you spilled blood for my sin to pay my debt. And I believe that you rose again. And today I want to give you my heart. If you do that, you can check the box on the card. Maybe today you want to follow Christ in baptism. Maybe you want to, maybe you want to write down, hey, I need some help because I, I want to live for Christ, but I'm struggling. You can write that down or you have a prayer request. After I finish praying, just spend time with the Lord and record that. Everyone record that on your connection card. And we, wanna, we ask you to record it so we can help you um, as you walk with Jesus. So let's pray right now.
and ask God to speak. God, we love you very much. God, we are here today to celebrate your resurrection power. Lord, I thank you that you are the champion. Lord, that you are the victor. God, that you are the one that has radically changed each and every one of our lives. And so, God, today I pray that you would speak to people who don't know you. And, God, that today would be the first day where they can be called a children of God, Lord, where they can receive you by faith. And, Lord, that as your scripture just said, that you would gladly accept them, irregardless of their past, irregardless of their present. But, God, that you would take in your children. And so, Lord, we trust you with that. God, as we enter this response time, will you allow us to be open and honest with you? In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read one more scripture to you before we do this response time. And you just sit with the Lord. Don't be like this. Remember Mark chapter 16? It said, after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went to the country. And they went and told it to the rest. But what does verse 13 say? They did not believe them. This morning... I want to challenge you, be a person of belief. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church online at elevationbillings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.